in the house wearing number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Not a body within 10 yards walking down the sideline for Johnson, and he is old. in the pocket. Throws it up over the top. Greer looking, 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 throws the ball, got a receiver, there's a catch made on the near sideline, down the right side, 35-30, it'll be Callaway down the sideline, he's going to score, he's going to score, he's going Well, hello, college football fans. As uh, my Florida resident over here in the middle has tapped out for the college football season already after week one, he can at least find some solace in those Florida highlights in the intro. Quentin, what's up, buddy? How you feeling? Uh, that was tough. Try to be a Billy supporter. Um, it's tough. It's There was very small amount of positives last night. A lot of negatives. And uh, the, the ones that hurt worse are the mental mistakes. I can live with guys hustling, playing hard, and, and just things not going their way. But the mental mistakes... When you've had all all season, you know, all off season to prepare for week one game, and you still make them, it's tough. Well, this gentleman to the right of Q Millie over here is Smitty. He's going to be joining us. I'm excited about this. Uh, Smitty's a, a well known college handicapper, and and we're glad to have him join the NCAA Insiders show today and hopefully moving forward. So, Smitty. I see the Michigan poster behind. Uh, you're kind of like me as an Arkansas fan. We we have not had that let down yet. Hopefully, <laughs> for the sake of my future tickets on uh, on Michigan, y'all don't. But how are you feeling after week one or week zero and a couple of games of week one of college football? Well, first, I just want to thank you guys for letting me come on, and hopefully I'm on all season. And if I am, we got to add a couple Michigan highlights in the intro there, and that will be a lot better for everybody. So, no, you know. If I'm he goes 0-4, he's cut. <laughs> more recent. They're, they've got some more recent highlights, too. Yeah, yeah some more recent. But we'll see. We'll see how they do against East Carolina tomorrow. I'm expecting some big things tomorrow. Hopefully they uh, – pound the ball really well and put a lot of points on but no I'm excited to be here you guys are doing an unbelievable job what you guys in college baseball and now you're taking it into the football season so it's an honor to be here and hopefully we win some money for ourselves and also for the audience absolutely so Quentin back to the Gators and then we'll stop talking about it you had the Florida what plus five in pocket last night they just never really out the gate looked like that that was possible and then you know, Graham Mertz made a couple of good passes. There were a lot of drops. I think that that's what stuck out to me. But uh, anytime y'all seem to have some momentum building, it just went right back to Utah. I mean, kind of take us through Florida. Is there anything positive you can take away from this game? We're a day closer to college baseball and Kevin O'Sullivan. Uh, he had a great portal. Uh, uh, I'm just kidding. Um yeah, I think there was some positives. You know, I'm not going to sit there and say Graham Mertz is a top 10 quarterback in the country, but I think it is fair to say, and, and I think I can confidently say he wasn't the issue last night. Sure, there's going to be a couple drops in week one, but, it, you know, he he played pretty well. I think that pick, 
you know, just a bad bounce. It hits a guy in the hands. Little timing issue, you know, I think it a little early than what the receiver thought was going to come. But nevertheless, it hits your hands. And in the old adage, you know, it hits your hands, it should be a catch. And then when it goes into a tip drill, doesn't matter who you are, it's not good. Um, I think he, he stayed pretty composed. He had some good throws, but the guy was putting his body on the line. I mean, he had a third and 12 run. Um, which he's not known for running, so that was positive to see he's, he's able to. But then, you know, you have the just the mental mistakes from the Alabama transfer in the O-line, the, Jake Slaughter, the the backup center who got the start last night due to injuries. You know, they just killed themselves. I mean, we talked about it off the air. It's 7-3, to three and they're driving in the second quarter. Like, they, they moved the ball in Utah very well, in my opinion, uh, at least in the first half. You get down into the you know the red zone, and then you just have dumb mistakes that takes you that drive, and then you have a kicker shank one right. Like it's just the wheels were falling off, and and they were playing catch up. But I think if you don't have those mental mistakes, I, I think it could have been a different game. I'm not going to sit here and say Florida would have won, but I think the guys would have played a little more spirited, a little more hard effort, um, a little less head shaking, and, and maybe guys stay focused and they don't have as many bonehead plays down the line, but. The mental mistakes, man, that's what took Florida out of it. I, th- I think the offensive line or looked rough. They need to figure that out. I think Billy Napier missed the boat on play calling again. Uh, I thought there were some questionable plays. I think he needs to go to an offensive coordinator and be a CEO, kind of like Nick Saban is. Um, defensive line, I thought, played really well. I thought they got some good pressure, but the linebackers in the, uh, in the secondary just couldn't cover and even when they the line was getting pressure hitting a quarterback, the guy was still able to make the throw and, and hit the wide open receivers. So I did see some talent. I saw Eugene Wilson, Trey Wilson, um, you know, TJ Searcy. Like the talent for, that he's recruited is there. You can see the the ability. It's just they've got to get in rhythm. They've got to just not have mistakes that take them out of drives. Well, Smitty, I know you uh, backed Utah with a, a teaser action, which I always – I give Q a hard time about teasing college oh. football, but it may have actually worked out for you last night. Oh, you can't you can't talk bad about the teaser. I got the crown in the background. You can see it. Try to do a play <laughs> or two a week. I love t- being the teaser king on our show. I love being the teaser king. So, no, I jumped on that in, in July. It, it was just one of those. And, you know, we'll talk Minnesota and Nebraska here in a minute. But, uh, you know, I just thought, I was a little nervous with the quarterback situation, but I think Q summed it up. I just got off the phone with him. I'm glad he's in an okay mood. I didn't know what kind of mood I was going to get with Q here today, but you know, just too many mistakes. And that's what I said to him, you know, the uh, first down, uh, first quarter, excuse me, third and one false start. Then they had to delay a game, couple false starts, a legal procedure on those short plays. And they just made mistakes. And, you know, it's, I, I get it. It's week. So you can have that argument. It's week one. There's going to be mistakes, but again, then you're coming into week one. You should be a little bit more prepared. You know, that punt play two guys with the same number was on the field that led, I think to Utah for a touchdown. I think they got the ball yep. back in that. So they have to run the ball too. I said that to Q on the phone a little bit ago. They just did not run the ball well. I know Utah is really good defensively on the line usually, but I thought they were going to be able to run the ball a little bit better than they did. And that's something they're going to really have to fix for them to be successful this year. They had 230 yards rushing on Utah last year. They had like 13 yards this year. 
Well, the quarterback and the quarterback helped that last year. You had a running quarterback that could. Sure. Murph sure. is not a quarterback that's going to run the ball. And I'm just not high on him. I, you know, his numbers. But is, numbers does Richardson deterrent? Does Richardson not being on the field drop your rushing stats by 215 yards? Should not. Like, that's crazy. Should not. <laughs> I, I I hope it turns around, man, because I, I you know I hang out with this guy a lot. I need him in a, in a good mood. Concrete shoes, Graham Mertz actually had the team's longest rush of the night with 11 yards. So Anthony Richardson was there in spirit. But yeah, I I don't I haven't seen enough of Graham Mertz to see if if that's going to work out or not. Florida, I wasn't high on him. Q kind of talked me into maybe possibly playing their over, but I think that game hinges on the Arkansas game. And so I ultimately didn't play it because I think Arkansas is probably going to be the right side. And, and after last night's game, I feel a little bit more confident in that over six and a half for the hogs, but all right, moving on to the other thrilling matchup of the big 10. Uh, it was 10, 10 with uh, Matt rules debut as the Nebraska Cornhuskers head coach he was 0-2 in his previous uh, debuts as a coach. And Nebraska's – they're pretty terrible in, in one-score games. So take us through that as you were sweating out a Minnesota ticket as well. I had a minus six and a half, which ended up being a loser. But we got a boring, good game, if there's such a thing as that. Yeah, I always call those games like the JV Monday night game. That's uh, kind of what it was. It was uh, – I was trying to flip on. I was trying to stay awake after that, trying to watch that game. It kind of put put you to sleep. I mean, it's one of those games you put on the background and take a good nap. And I was falling asleep on the couch last night. But I'm, I'm shocked Minnesota came back. I mean, Nebraska had the ball. They fumbled. And then they went down. What an unbelievable catch by Jackson there in the, in the end zone there. I don't know how he caught that because most people, if I go up and try to attempt a catch like that, I probably – blow out about everything in both legs and everything. The body control was amazing, but big kick at the end. Sims, the quarterback for Nebraska, just way too many INTs, three for the game. So I think Nebraska has good coach. If you look at his track record, he usually comes in and it's tough the first year, and then he builds a program. Be patient with Nebraska football. He'll get it turned around, but it was a boring game. But I'm glad I had the minus one in a teaser from July, so I'm glad that it covered Yep. Q. Yeah, Jackson, bad. just take it back. I mean, that was within the same drive, within two plays. That was his second amazing catch. I mean, obviously the one was out of bounds, but that was a hell of a diving catch. I will say this. It, it might be a record for most overthrown passes combined by both quarterbacks that weren't even close. Like, if that's a stat, there should be, like, a close overthrow and then just a not. I mean, they were missing guys by 10, 15 yards. I mean, to me – that, that's just horrible. The Minnesota kid, he actually got some playing time last year, Smitty. He actually played when we saw him play Penn State. I thought he was going to be a lot better, but tell you what, the running back, huge drop-off from Ibrahim to him. I didn't see, you know, the the tenacity, the downhill running. Um, Jeff Sims, he can run, but very inaccurate. Nebraska, I think uh, Jason, our other buddy, said they just look small. I didn't really notice it till I started paying attention after his comment i agree they're not you know the big corn-fed huskers that they usually are um 
no tenacity from either team. I mean, 13 to 10, it's, I get it's a week one, but it's just, I think that those two teams probably helped Florida not look like the worst team yesterday. Um, Florida looked bad. I, I think those programs looked even worse personally. They just weren't even close. That's, that is bottom barrel Big Ten football. Well, let's get into the uh, upcoming games starting tomorrow. I think we've actually got a few games today I need to look at. But uh, Miami, Ohio, Miami, Florida, that is one that I have a play on. I took Miami, Ohio, plus 17 and a half. Uh, Q, I know you're opposite on that. So hopefully we can middle. Didn't you take Miami? No, I I think I'm actually going to jump on your side, you know, kind of researching it. I think initial thought. There was, you know, crystal ball year two. Obviously, the guy can recruit. We've we known that in Oregon. Van Dyke does have the ability to be a top 10 quarterback in a league. The talent is there. We've seen it all. Huge arm. Can run a little bit. You know, when he's accurate, he's deadly. Uh, decent running back. Uh, decent defensive coordinator, at least what we've heard. Um, but then the jaw, you know, it's a personal game. And, and, at the end of the day, when I look back through my thoughts, like I don't know if we can trust Van Dyke. I don't know if we can trust Miami. They're a constant letdown. So I think I'm actually going to jump on the side of Ohio with you um, and, and roll with it. It seems like right now, especially with the running clock, um, unders are going to be a thing. And I think dogs to, to kind of stay in games will be a thing because you're going to take away possessions and plays from the, for the more dominant teams, and it's going to keep them you know, in the game, I think, a little bit better. Smitty. Man, I don't know. It's this pressure being on a new show and the hosts and the, you know, both hosts <laughs> are kind of pushing this game. And I think Jason on our show liked this game also. I'm not on this game, but we'll see how the day goes. And maybe I just need to jump on and uh, ride it out with you guys. One more small note to add for the, the games tonight. Stanford is minus three to Hawaii. I Has Stanford really fallen off that bad? Like I haven't really paid attention yeah. to them. I know my they don't have a quarterback, low, but man, long are the days from uh, what Bryce Love and McCaffrey, Love, yeah, McCaffrey, Andrew Luck, Davis Mills. Like they yeah. were a Pac-12 powerhouse there for so long. It's Live, yeah. researching the team. We were really down on them. You know they have Emmett Smith's uh, son on the team. Good player, good running back. I think they have a good tight end. I think Q just said it. The QB is an issue. A lot of people like Hawaii in that game. They liked how they played. A couple people said keep an eye on the under in that with some weather conditions. I looked it up. It just seems like maybe some showers today. So I don't know where the one guy I listened to really kind of talked about that and said that could be an issue. I didn't see where the conditions were really bad. But a lot, you know, again, I think unders went seven and uh, seven and four last night. So that's kind of the new trend with some of these games. So I'm real big into looking at betting splits just to kind of gauge where the sharp money's at. And you say that 78% of the handle is on the under 55 in that game, but only 56% of the bets. So there's a lot of money on that under. So that may be the right side. But another team that, I don't really understand it. Tennessee's laying 28 to Virginia. Is this all hype around Joe Milton? 
I think it's both. I think it's two parts. I think it's Joe Milton hype, but people were extremely down on UVA. I mean, there's their quarterback, Tony Muskets from Monmouth. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying UVA is the worst college football team in the country, but you're telling me you can't get in a transfer portal from any school better than Monmouth. I mean, what's that tell you about your program? Smitty. Yeah, well, Q likes to rip. So let me tell you a quick story. So being a Michigan fan with Joe Milton a couple of years ago when we started uh, Notebook Wagering, I was like, wow, this guy could be really big and big time arm. And man, let's go. They were going to score. Well, it didn't pan out. So that's the question mark, I think, with this Tennessee team. But it's a great system. They did lose a lot of playmakers, but they still have some talent here. He has a big time arm, can move, can run. Do they really put on a UVA team? I think they do. I think Q made a great point. The quarterback situation is not good. Tony, I think it's Tony Elliott, the coach. I don't think it's a great head coach. I think this one could get ugly just because Tennessee's system is so good. But it's the accuracy, in my opinion, with Milton. If he has the accuracy, I think they dump a lot of points on this. I have not played this yet, but this is a lean for me. I think Tennessee really blows out UVA this weekend. Tennessee's not going to run the ball either. That's not Josh Heupel football. It's going to be a lot of 10, 15, 20-plus yard passes. So I think when you see, obviously, the running clock, they're going to be going for larger chunk plays, which could lead to more scoring versus your traditional, you know, run it, get five yards here and there. Um, could be ugly. Uh, my power ratings make this a 19-point spread, though. That which I just I don't you, trust Milton, so add, it's a stay away. Two and a half, three points for home yeah. field advantage for Tennessee. We're at twenty-two, but I don't know an eleven a.m. game. I know there's a lot of hype around this Tennessee program and Milton. I wouldn't be surprised if Virginia could score at least once in the first half. Therefore, it I may look into playing Virginia on the first half, but I I don't know. I was hoping you can't you trust had, UVA though. Yeah, I was about to say I was <laughs> hoping you would give me a little bit better insight on UVA. You just can't. They don't have a running yeah. back. I mean, you know, rest in peace. They lost, you know, one of their taller receivers last year uh, due to a, a active shooter incident. You know, they lost uh, their number one speedster, the little short guy, number uh, one or four. I just don't see where the offense can really score. I mean, I know Tennessee's defense isn't heralded by any means in sec but one i don't trust melton to cover but then on the other side i don't trust uva to score either so would i be surprised if uva covers no on the downside of milton would i be surprised if tennessee covers no because uva is gonna be that bad i mean if you look at that it's a stay away like you could put your money elsewhere i hope milton just has a good year so q can't come back and say he wasn't good i could just say i was a couple years late like, or Matt, he said they were going to win a national title. Lady improved as he went. There, he so. said, "Put him on Heisman watch," <laughs> and he was going to take yeah, Michigan to the college Heisman football playoff. Well, year. yeah, I guess every every quarterback in in the Division One football is technically on it. <laughs> well, I don't know about the kid from UVA, the Monmouth kid. So, I, well, I look, look that. So he's hey. eligible. <laughs> can he yeah. can he do this motion here? He uh, well, be to be seen. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. A lot of hype surrounding Colorado Buffaloes, who were perhaps the worst college football team last year. Uh, they only had one win in overtime against Cal. 
Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, as he uh, requires everyone to call him now, takes on TCU, who's coming off a throttling of Georgia in the national championship. I can imagine Sonny Dykes is going to kind of had a, have a decline on their season this year. Yeah. Chandler Morris, um, not high on the Morris family. Chad just really did a number for us Arkansas fans. Chandler started committing to Arkansas, went to Oklahoma, bounced around. I know he started last year. Uh, he started the TCU-Colorado game. Colorado kind of hung around. Then in, insert Max Duggan and TCU ended up winning that game. But this is TCU laying 20 and a half. Does Coach Prime have a shot at like overperforming? And I think overperforming for this Colorado team is like four or five wins. I don't I don't know. I don't No, I I think maybe you could say and I initially was on TCU, but I'm I'm actually kind of trying to rethink the process. Could they be excited? Could they be trying to prove something wrong and maybe play above their expectations in week one against Chandler Morris, who we've seen struggle? He doesn't have Quentin Johnson. He doesn't have his top two running backs. You know, the defense lost a couple guys, some of their key tacklers, possibly. And I think that's kind of what's uh, making me pull the reins back on TCU minus 20 and a half. Over season-wise, I think they're going to settle back to what they are. Um but I could see an overhyped week one game like Colorado coming out and potentially covering. I mean, 20 and a half is a lot with just running clock and a quarterback that's unproven for TCU. And we do expect a decline from Sonny Dykes' team. I'll be honest, man, I'm kind of leaning the buffs to cover at least. Maybe maybe a first half, if you can catch a first half line. I don't know. I would imagine that's going to be probably 10 and a half, somewhere like that, first half line. Maybe you see him on there. This was a seven to six game last year at halftime. I could TCU, see it. TCU was up seven six at half. That's when they swapped out Duggan for or Chandler Morris for Max Duggan. Smitty. Yeah, I, I'm on this game, but I'm in the I'm taking TCU. I think they laid on Colorado here. Here's the thing with Colorado that a lot of you hear a lot of these great shows. A lot of these coaches, they're not very happy how Dion's just kind of bumped up the system here. He's very outspoken and everything like that. I think if Sonny Dykes can lay the hammer on him tomorrow, I think he will. Morris was in this game last year, got hurt, got taken out, and then and the season really went with TCU. Now, you guys, Hugh made great points there. They lost a lot of talent here. But here's the, his son's at quarterback for Colorado. Now what quarterback are we going to get? Are we going to get the kid out of Jackson state? That was a big time quarterback over 3000 yards, 40 touchdowns. Can he step up to this level? That's the big question mark tomorrow. The only other thing I, you're hearing is the offensive line's not good. The defensive line's not good. I think that's where TCU will just kind of overtake the game. I think Sonny Dykes will throw some points on this team. I like the offensive coordinator, Bryles. I think they'll, they'll really, they'll, they'll, if they can put their, you know, foot on their throat, I think they're going to and they'll blow them out. I laid this game. I did the 20 and a half. I have TCU. My power ratings bring TCU as a 23-point favorite, not even accounting for the home field. So maybe maybe that is the right side after all. I know a lot of people on Follow the Money were talking about uh, laying it or taking Colorado 
but I just I don't know. Like you said, Shador Sanders, I don't know what how his game translates to like a upgrade in talent level surrounding him. But one more, one more showed, thing. I mean, their defense isn't stellar. Do you think it improved from last year? I think I like the over. I think there's there's a chance that we may get like a 49 to 28 type game in this game sales over. Matt, that's I think that's a great point too because if you look at the offensive coordinator for Colorado, they brought uh, Sean Lewis in from Kent State. He ran one of the fastest offenses in college football. So, you know, Colorado might really try to go fast. Now, that could lead to mistakes, some INT, some fumbles, and then TCU can score, but that maybe they could also score. So I think that's a great point. This could be a high-scoring game. Q, you got anything else to add? No. All right, let's jump into 21-ranked North Carolina taking on South Carolina. And North Carolina's got Heisman hopeful Drake May. I'm really high on this kid. The problem is Mac Brown is his head coach who always seems to let us down. This is probably going to end up being an 8-4 and four North Carolina team. I hope that they can win this game. Uh, just because I've got them in a college football pick them win pool. But I don't really know. South Carolina looks like outside of Spencer Radler, they've got a brand-new team, and a lot of them are former Razorbacks. So I should have followed this program a little more closely. Do you have a lean either way in this? I think it's uh, North Carolina minus two, two and a half. It's tough, man. I don't like seeing this game as week one, personally. I, I think I would have liked to have seen this week three or four to really get a gauge on each team. I'm not high on Spencer Rattler. I never was, even when he was at Oklahoma. I do like Drake May. You brought up a fantastic point with Mac Brown. He's going to be nine and three ceiling, eight and four every year, and that just is what it is. UNC is going to roll it. You know, I'm not worried about them scoring points. If if you're leaning the over, the problem is, can South Carolina, you know, they don't have a great quarterback, in my opinion. I don't see a bunch of weapons. Their running game's not the greatest in the country. Like, if you're leaning over, I think it could be a little problematic. Now, on the flip side, UNC probably couldn't stop us two from from getting 100 yards receiving. Um, I, I, so that's another side. Like, I think you could vouch for the over. I, I think UNC ultimately probably wins. I think on talent, week one, they're the better team. Drake May, you go with the better quarterback. It's going to be closer. Like, I don't, I don't think UNC is going to beat them by – you know, 14 plus, but I would lean UNC minus two and a half. It might be a stay away for me for the simple fact that South Carolina is the home team. So it's going to be rowdy there. Smitty, I want to make a bet on this game. Sell me. You look <laughs> Sell- like, you know, you know, the side, tell me. Well, I'll try to be a good used car salesman here. I kind of want to go South Carolina here. I'm a little higher on Rattler than I know Q is and some other people are. If you look at last season at the end, he really caught fire. They beat Tennessee. They scored a lot of points, and I was taking them in some of those games. What That's the, that's the big question here. What quarterback do you get with uh, Rattler? Is it the last couple games of the year? Now, I heard he was having a really good spring coming into camp here, and everything looks great. But I agree with Q here. The D, I don't see a lot. They lost a lot of weapons. They lost some defensive people. Both these defenses are not good. Could this be a higher scoring game? It could be. This could be an over. I know Jason on our show kind of liked the over in this one also. 
I like the UNC quarterback. I agree with you guys with the coach. I think his time's kind of passed. He's a legend, but he just seems like he loses games at times. This one's close. This one's really close. I know UNC has the series. South Carolina beat him in a bowl game a couple years ago. That's the last time they played. This one's tight. I think Q said the home field. That could be the big part in this. That atmosphere will be crazy. Hopefully our buddy Steve Tannehill is down there having a blast. And I, this is stay away right now. But if I'm going to lean it, I like going South Carolina. I, I don't hate it. I'm going to have to look into it. And I'll have the previews out today. Uh, just kind of breaking down everything, what you have to look forward to, stability ratings, power ratings, stuff like that. Uh, to top it off, until we get into the extra games you guys are eyeing, I think the biggest matchup of the weekend, number five, LSU, takes on number eight, Florida State. I'm extremely excited about this game. My brother-in-law is a diehard LSU fan. Uh, I had a relationship with – Mike Norvell from University of Central Arkansas. He was also a, a student teacher at Conway High, where I went to school. So there's a little connection there. Um, I, I'm going to root for Florida State. I'm, I don't know which side to bet, though. So y'all sell me on Asana side. Uh, one, is, is Norvell like an actual dick? Because he just seems like a dickhead. Yeah, he was pretty full of himself in Conway. Yeah. Okay. Like so, he, so he was yeah. Friendly, I guess, but not like arrogance. You, know, you, you could tell that it was the kid. I'm sure you've seen the picture of him, like with the cornrows when he played yeah. receiver at UCA. Yeah, yeah. He he was he's proud of himself. <laughs> uh yeah. Um, he had transferred from Louisiana Tech, and he wanted to be a coach. And we were all big in like NCAA football, and I was like, "Oh man, you're you know you're in the game." <laughs> that was cool, but it yeah. kind of went to his head. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't like Norvell. I, I think what he's done, though, I mean, he has obviously put Florida State back on the map after a few years. Um, as much as I hate Brian Kelly, I have to respect him as a coach. I, I think he's the better coach in this game. Florida State had a bigger lead last year and almost blew it. I think LSU's had this game circled um, for a long time, probably the day after they lost that game. I, I think LSU gets it done. I like Jaden Daniels. Um I'm not saying he's the best thrower, but he he's kind of a, a more polished Anthony Richardson, in my opinion. I like the on on paper they have a better you know roster. I think just SEC football is obviously on paper going to be better than anybody in the ACC talent wise. I think Brian Kelly's established; he's successful. I, I don't like him, but I have to respect him, and, and I think he gets the job done here. Um, I think I'm leaning taking LSU on the minus two and a half. All right, I'm going to piggyback right into that. I also like LSU in this game. You know, these Labor Day, these Sunday night games have been really good over the last couple of years. It's a good spot to bounce back. Great game last year. Q said that. You know, a lot of weapons, both teams. I like both their quarterbacks. Travis is good. I like Daniels also. I liked him at Arizona State. I really did. I think I had him on a couple of my fantasy teams when he was out there. I just think, I think you made a great point. I think the talent is a little bit better in the SEC school than in ACC school. And I, I think they're very deep. I agree. I'm not a big Brian Kelly fan, but you do have to respect him. I think he's a good coach. 
I think they had this game right, like marked, like you said. I think they're ready to go. I jumped on the money line on this game. I'm just taking the money line minus one thirty. So I took that. That's I'm on LSU. Good game. It will be a good, entertaining Sunday night game. Did Florida State win last year, or did LSU? Yeah. Yes, Florida State won. Okay. Twenty what? Twenty four, twenty three. They blocked. Yeah, the, they blocked the extra point. Yeah, LSU was down, and they came That's back. Right. Came really. They went back. to tie it, and they, yeah, they blocked it. Yep. Yeah, 24-23. I don't know. It's a neutral site game too, right? I mean, it's in Florida, but it's it's how it was last year. They they played okay. in New Orleans last year, which it was a neutral neutral LSU site. Yeah. Uh now it's a neutral Florida State site. Well, is there anything else? I haven't made a decision on that. I'm probably going to lean Florida State, but I would really like to I don't know. Probably get it at three if I could. But even then, it, it should be a tight game. My power ratings are LSU minus two, so it's right where it should be. Looking at the schedule, Alabama's got a tough test against Middle Tennessee. They should walk past them. Penn State, I know we talked last week kind of high on Penn State this year. Um, is there anything else that sticks out? I think there may be a zillion points scored in the Nevada USC game, but I'm probably not going to bet it. Yeah, I like a um, couple plays actually. I like like Texas to uh, and Rice to go over. I think it's 50, 55 or fifty eight and a half. I mean, Texas should should try to get some offense going. They got a great freshman running back coming in. I think his name's Baxter. Uh, Quinn Ewers going to shake off the dust. Uh, one of the best receiving cores in the country, return worthy, and another gentleman. Um, Rice, I mean, JT Daniels, we all know him from Georgia, Missouri. Like, there should be no football for Yeah, West Virginia. <laughs> I mean, there should be no pressure, right? Like, you're at Rice, just sling the ball around. I think they're going to be able to score. Texas has never had lockdown defense. I think Texas could hang 50 themselves. But I think Rice is going to score, you know, 10 to to 21 points themselves to get us over. And then I also like Utah state plus 25 against Iowa. Iowa's quarterback situation is a little weird. They, they struggled to score last year. They averaged like 20 points a game. So it's a little weird to average 20 points a game last year and then have a spread of over that. Uh, I just don't see it. They're a very slow offense, tight end, run the ball, running clock, I mean, I just don't see them blowing them out personally. And I think a thing with that game, too, is McNamara, the old Michigan quarterback. That's right. Max out. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I just don't. Yeah. No, I think we, you know, that's, I think I heard something, Q, though. The president told them they have to, like, average so many points a year. Like, he was, like, really pushing on them to try to score points this year. So, we'll have to see. But I agree. I mean, I think they only hit 25, like, point wise like one or two times last year so that that's a head scratcher uh i do have right now two more plays that i locked in on i do have western kentucky minus 11 and a half against south florida i think this is a good western kentucky team they have a really good quarterback uh reed he threw over four thousand four thousand yards last year 40 touchdowns they have a great wide receiver i think it's corley caught over 100 passes South Carolina, or um, excuse me, South Florida's coach, new guy. I think he was in the UCF Tennessee system. 
Um, you know, so this could be another team that speeds it up a little bit, see what they can do. But I just like this. It's minus 11 and a half. I think it could be a high scoring game, but I think Western Kentucky looking at some of my numbers, I look at it, it was covering the 11 and a half. So I'm going to take a chance week one with that uh, game. Another game I locked in on is UTSA over uh, Houston Cougars. I just like this team. I like the line movement. I think the Cougars were favored in the summertime. Now it's kind of gone minus two. I got it at minus two. Frank uh, Harris, really good quarterback. And just looking at some notes and some articles and depth chart, I think this is just a better team. If you look at the Cougars, they lost their quarterback, Toon. He's at, with the Arizona Cardinals now. You know, big-time numbers, passing the ball, rushing the ball. So I think UTSA just has a better team. I like the minus two in that. Well, my only two official plays around now are Miami, Ohio, plus 17.5 tonight, and then Colorado, TCU. I got over 62.5, minus 120. I'm going to look as I work on these previews and see if there's anything else. And as always, I'll post them. Uh, NCAAinsiders.com. It is updated. Now you can go to the bet tracker. We'll track every single bet and uh, full transparency, just like we did for college baseball. Quentin, Smitty, y'all have anything else to add before we kick it off? I got nothing. Just enjoy the games. My only advice is fake an injury today so you can look at your wife and say you have to lay on the couch the rest of the day tomorrow. So. <laughs> Quentin, I'll send you a Razorback shirt, buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. it's tough. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week.